0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. This is the time of year to reminisce about the goodness of God. This is the time of year to reminisce about everything that he did and wrought in your life. And so we're on this journey with this study. And in this attribute, it's almost redundant to say, but I have it titled, The Merciful Kind God. And it's because that is the same word. We're going to look at it in detail. And I think what happens, and it's so good for us to To get back focused about who God is and understand that God is mercy. And I thought about the old English proverb. Actually it's been attributed to an atheist but it was much older than that. Familiarity breeds contempt. Um, I've heard that often attributed to to an English atheist. Uh, It's perhaps too strong a word to encompass uh, the lack of attention given to this understanding of God. That we're so familiar with it that we, you know that we we kind of look at it in a meh way, um, but it does have a tendency. We get so familiar with God's mercy that we don't focus our attention on it. We we start having assumptions about mercy, and we ha- uh, almost disregard. That's why I love the word from Isaiah that was spoken to us this morning, and. and in taking in full pleasure and actually focusing your attention. So I want to say a prayer for us this morning. That our attention would be actually focused, not just today. But let this, let this carry you in to Easter Sunday. About God being merciful. So can I let me pray for us. Jesus, I ask for a revelation of your mercy. That you are the merciful God. Lord, that we, each one of us sitting here, is an act of mercy. That it was your merciful kindness that drew us in. That we are, we are Psalm 40. We are the ones who cried out and you became attentive and heard our cry. And answered our prayer and pulled us out of miry clay. Pulled us out of the muck and the yuck. And you set us upon a rock. And Lord, we want to do this without tragic or traumatizing events occurring. We want to get an understanding of your mercy just because that's who you are. So show that to us today and this week in Jesus' name. Mercy as an attribute of God, you have to look at it this way, and this is from A.W. Tozer, is an infinite and inexhaustible energy within the divine nature which disposes or causes God to be actively compassionate towards everybody. If we could remember that the divine mercy is not a temporary mood, but an attribute of God's eternal being, we would no longer f- fear that it will someday cease to be. So much of what I hear in In church, or used to hear in church language, I mostly just hang out with you guys now. I quit going to other stuff and listening to other things. But so much of it is about God's judgment. And we tend to only teach about mercy when something really goes bad or wrong. And we're actually supposed to be living in mercy, not judgment. I think if we fully understood, I have already been judged in Christ. It doesn't mean that there's not a day that you stand before him that you're going to give an account, but I've been judged. And I've been given a righteousness that's only from him. In that judgment, because he's merciful. It was God's mercy that came into our lives. And you don't have to fear that it'll ever leave. Mercy... Never began to be. It wasn't because of sin that God was merciful. God was merciful before sin happened. Did you get that? God was compassionate and tender-hearted and kind and merciful before the fall of Adam and Eve. It was already there within him. It was part of who He is. Isn't that stunning? It didn't take a wrong to get God to be merciful. That's just when we saw it. We saw acts of mercy, but God within his being is a merciful God. If it was from eternity, from eternity, if it was there in the beginning, it will never cease to be. And it will never be more since in itself it's infinite. It can't, God can't get more merciful. God didn't get more merciful when Jesus came than he was in the garden with Adam and Eve. God displayed the same mercy to Adam and Eve that he did when he walked as Jesus and the woman was caught in adultery. Nothing that has occurred or will occur in heaven or earth or hell can change the tender mercies of our God. Well, if you can... If you can grasp, now I get the the wonderful experience of I'm trying to prepare this to give it as a message to help encourage your hearts. And my heart was just going all week. Oh my gosh. How merciful God has been in my life. How tender he's been. Forever his mercy stands. A boundless, a boundless, overwhelming immensity of divine pity and compassion. Did he pity us? Yes, thank God. He took pity on me. Was that why he saved me? Wasn't the only reason, but he saved me because of Jesus. But thank God he took pity on me. Thank God he rescued us. Thank God he picked that little boy up and said, that's my little Lloyd. Here, let me carry you, son. You look pretty lame, buddy. Man, you got clubbed feet. You are messed up. Come here. Sit at my table. He never rejected. Tozer wrote this. As judgment is God's justice confronting moral iniquity. It is required. So mercy is the goodness of God confronting human suffering and guilt. God lifted condemnation off me through what Jesus did because he was merciful. Because otherwise everything I do, I have to pay a price for. He took that price into himself. You know, well that's making light of it. No. Because see, I, I don't know how you are. I always believed that Jesus died for me. With this understanding, Jesus died as me. He died, I died. It was my death that he died in mercy. That was the only way I could, the mercy was always there, but it was Jesus' death by which I received it. It's such a strange thing that we celebrate a death. Not in memoriam, like not just in honoring, but that we actually celebrate the fact that Jesus died. But it's this, look at this, oh, this sweet passage of Scripture in Titus. By the way, now I, li- I like to teach, there are about 25 sermons in this passage of Scripture from Titus. So I get excited up here and I start going too fast, so I want to read this real slow. <sighs> Titus 3, 4. But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior toward man appeared... That means we came in Jesus not by works of righteousness which we have done but according to his mercy he saved us. According to his mercy. Through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, you've got you to love the last, the, the, this is the cream on the end of this little sentence, that have been justified by His grace, we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. It was God's mercy that gave you and I eternal life. It was a merciful God, there's not one thing any human being ever did that got them to deserve eternal life. It was simply God is a merciful God. And he knew that the way would be through his son. He had a plan. Mercy is so much more than not getting what I deserved. I've always heard it described that. Grace is getting what you don't deserve and mercy is not getting what you do deserve. That <laughs> Boy, you deserve it. But God, you know, it's like we always think in terms of human courts. You know, I throw myself on the mercy of the court. That's so far removed from what God's mercy is. What the scriptures tell us is what God is like is that mercy is always and in all ways associated with God's kindness. Why is God merciful? Because he's kind. What is God like? He is kindness. Cubed. Exponential. Infinite kindness. Every time we want to pray the judgments of God on some particular people group or something that happens. Or those criminals or that guy needs God to do this. Just remember... Mercy is more than a judicial act. It is who God is. It's interesting, as a, as a matter of understanding, and you have to see this because the word mercy is found throughout Scripture, except sometimes it's translated in English into a different word. It's the same Hebrew word, but sometimes they use the word mercy, and then other times they use the word loving kindness. We used to, back in the old charismatic days, and you young people just love a song like this. Yeah. Your loving kindness is better than life. We used to sing it every Sunday. Oh, it was so rich. Your loving, and what they were actually saying was the Hebrew word shahad. You have to get that in it to make it really Hebrew. And it's translated, that word is translated uh, as mercy, but most often as loving kindness. His loving kindness. Look at Psalm 36. How precious is your loving kindness, O God? What he's really saying is, how precious is your mercy? Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. If you don't have a merciful God, how do you trust Him? They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house and you give them drink from the river of your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life in your light we see light. Oh, continue Your loving kindness. Continue your merciful outpouring to me. To those who know you. And your righteousness to the upright of heart. We know what it takes to have an upright heart now. It takes Jesus. He is my upright heart. Psalm 40 says, Do not withhold your tender mercies from me. O Lord, let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. Same word. In the same, same sentence. Where he, where he says tender mercies, it's the same word as loving kindness. Psalm 42, we all like this one. Deep calls unto deep, at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness. He commands it. This is strange. You, we have a tendency to want to ask for mercy, and God's up there commanding mercy. Looks at each one of our hearts. Mercy. You know, it's way more than Oprah. Mercy. You get mercy, and you get mercy, and you get mercy, and you get mercy. There's no age limit, there's no barriers. He commands mercy. Isn't that stunning? That's just like, what? Psalm 63.3 Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. This was the song that we sang. It was a scripture song. Thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. Why do we lift them up? To praise him? Because he's merciful lifting of hands is the old I surrender (laughs) you know it's just it's it's really precious and then probably this is like this is used at everything from funerals to uh, songs Uh, it's Psalm 103 we all love it Uh, but you got to see something here so it says bless the Lord oh my soul don't you love that And all that is within me, bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. We sang at His precious promises this morning. Who forgives some of your iniquities? Who forgives your confessed iniquities? Yeah. Who can forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from destruction. Look at this. Who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Who crowns you with mercy and tender mercies. Crowns you. It's our our crown. It's a reward. God's mercy is a reward to us. Who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Look at this, a crown. A crown speaks of authority, right? If you wear the crown, you have all authority. It also speaks of an identity. If you're wearing a crown, it means you're either a prince or a king, one or the other. It would mean I'm a king. He took who he is in mercy and identified us with it and gave us authority through it. If mercy is the crown I wear, then how am I to act towards you? Merciful. Oh, mercy. Mercy. You just said something stupid to me. Mercy. It empowers us, doesn't it? It is God's mercy crowning our very thoughts. Think where it sits on your head, the way you think. It crowns us with the ability to forgive like Jesus forgives. By the way, that's the new covenant admonition on how to do forgiveness. It's found in Ephesians. Forgiving them as Christ forgives. It allows us to walk in the redemptive purposes of God. We see and feel things differently because God has had mercy on us. We didn't receive what we deserved. So when you're deciding whether somebody deserves your mercy or not, remember the mercy that God had on you. Here's the real issue. We need to rediscover the theology of mercy, not just the definition of mercy. That's where seeing it as one of God's attributes, I can I can read because it then it forms who I believe God to be. If I see God as merciful, that theology will work itself out practically in everyday life. It's what you and I must base our lives on, or we will become stuck over and over and over again. You know that one person you just can't seem to get beyond? Got them in my. I, I bet you there were, uh, whatever, 40 photographs that just came up. That one, that one person that you just can't get the other side of. Now, maybe you guys don't have that in your lives. And um, as a pastor, I'm not supposed to have it in my life. And so we try to legalize judgment and mercy. Look what James says. Now remember, I'm wearing this as a crown. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Every time I start thinking about that person and what they deserve, mercy, God's mercy that crowned me and gave me life can triumph over it. We all struggle with forgiveness, right? With that one person, or maybe there's 20, I don't know. Some of us have more lepers in our heads than others. God's been merciful. And if He gives mercy to me, it really is this then what would God require of me? To extend Christ, which is to extend who mercy is. Jesus Christ is God's display of mercy to you and I. That's who he is. It's no wonder when he came in the city gates that they said the things they said. The guy sitting at the gate, beautiful, you know, son of David, have mercy on me. He didn't say, come and judge the ones who won't give me any food or put me by the water. Son of David, have mercy on me. It's actually in church tradition, it's the first prayer that is taught to pray. Have mercy on me, O God. God is not angry. You've got to get the the idea of judgment and mercy under focus. God is not angry at his church, ready to bonk her or cast her out because she can't get it right. Is failing, doesn't have the house clean enough. They need to, they need to do, you know, they need to do some housework. And if she doesn't repent strongly enough, is going to strike the land she lives in, is going to judge her as lacking, reject her, and cast her out. Because judgment starts at the house of God. We'll use that scripture and totally forget who He is as a merciful God. We're so quick to meet it out, aren't we? We're so prone. My heart's not prone to wander. My heart's prone to judge. I want to stay firmly in the grip of grace. I just want to be the one that decides who deserves that grip. Here's, Here's an absolute truth. God's mercy for you and for me has to be personalized, or it's not a true mercy that's known. It has to be personalized. It has, to, it has to be otherwise we don't understand it. It's a key to understanding Oh, it's right there. To understanding is mercy. If I can't expect you, this is where theology and experience meet. Does, is theology anything good for everyday life? Oh, it's the most good ever. Because theology is what you believe to be true. If what we believe, our theology, it will determine how we practically understand and live in such a way of living in God's loving kindness. It's When we're not extending mercy, it's hard to see mercy. The minute you start seeing God's mercy in your life, it has this funny, uh, I don't want to call it progressive, it has this funny thing in us. You really do want to be more merciful when you start getting in touch with how merciful he is to you. Mercy is freely laid out as a main course at the table of the Lord. Go back to Psalm 103. There it is. Um, We can can partake of it freely. It's funny. People will reject it. You you can starve. (laughs) Not coming to the table, you can starve yourself on the crumbs of doubt and unbelief. And then anger builds up, and animosity builds up to somebody who's wronged you. It's because you're not coming to the table of the Lord and feasting on his mercy in your own life. My life. This is, what, this is what Tozer wrote about this, the theology and practical application of mercy. He said this, Could our failure to capture the pure joy of mercy consciously experienced be the result of our unbelief or our ignorance or both? It was once so in Israel I bear them record, Paul testified of Israel, that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. They failed because there was at least one thing that they did not know, one thing that would have made the difference. And of Israel in the wilderness, the writer of Hebrew says, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. To receive mercy, we must first know that God is merciful stunning you have to know you have to believe it to receive it and it is not enough to believe that he once showed mercy to Noah or Abraham or David or will again show mercy in some happy future day of his return I added that we must believe that God's mercy is boundless free and through Jesus Christ our Lord available to us now in our present situation today, tomorrow, next week. We may plead for mercy for a lifetime in unbelief and at the end of our days be still no more than sadly hopeful that we shall somewhere, sometime, receive it. This is to starve to death just outside the banquet hall in which we have been warmly invited. Or we may, if we, if we will, lay hold of mercy of Of God by faith. Enter the hall. Sit down with the bold and avid souls. Who will not allow diffidence and unbelief. To keep them from the feast. Of fat things prepared for them. What do you do with mercy? Receive it. Don't try and figure out the boundaries of it. Go yep. I want God's mercy. I want to live there. This is. This is how it goes. God's mercy placed him on a cross in place of me. This is how you can personalize it. Especially thinking through what this week is. Holy week. I did not deserve it. He exchanged, if you can see it this way, he exchanged his life for mine. So what do you do with that? Well, there's only one thing. I can only do but one thing here. Believe and receive. I believe God's merciful, therefore I receive his mercy. Mercy cannot be demanded. I demand mercy. No, you can't demand mercy. It can be asked for. It can be pleaded, and maybe you've done that, I have, or begged, oh God, please have mercy on me. Um, But it can't be demanded, because if it's demanded, that means you've done something to earn it. you flip the place of it. When you're demanding it, it's not a gift. It's really, just think about this, and what we're going to celebrate this week it was the cross that was the gift of god to you and to i and an instrument of death was the instrument of god releasing mercy to you as a free gift stunning who could who could imagine something like this who could make a story up like this couldn't be but it's history his story Hebrews 4.14, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. What's the confession? For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. You don't demand, but you have boldness. Isn't that such a strange thing? I can come boldly because I believe that's who God is. Not because on my own merit, I'm not coming God, I need to talk to you. No, we come boldly to that throne. And what do we get there? Look at the two things you get. To obtain mercy and find grace. When I come to that throne, when I enter boldly as a child, I, I obtain it. It doesn't say you may get it in due time, in due season if you come enough times and ask enough ways. No, I obtain the merciful God. And a great throne of grace. A great throne of favor. And this is one, you got to know, this is my, like, this is one of my all-time favorite scriptures. That's why I made it bigger. But look at this. I saw this again this past week in studying this for the first time and looking at the words mercy. Because we can present ourselves, but how do we present ourselves? Well, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. It's not on my own merit. It's not because I believed right. It's not because I got it down. Oh, yeah, I have a revelation on that. I have a revelation of grace so I can make this confession. I have a revelation of my righteousness. No, you receive the mercy of God. You and I present ourselves by one thing, the mercy of God. The cross won Everything. Everything. Without that, you can't present your body a living sacrifice. He presented his body that way. So I, what I'm doing is I'm emulating his mercy. Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or act of worship, one translation says. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The good and acceptable and perfect will of God was his mercy. When we come to him by his mercy, he proves himself by his mercy. What? When we come to God through his mercy, he proves himself by being merciful. Except when you deserve to get in trouble. And then he's going to discipline you really harshly and probably bring bad things in a tornado. Take, take your house out and might take your car too and your motorcycle. You were a stinker and God's going to straighten it out and get you with a tornado. Oh, we don't understand his loving kindness. I don't know where all storms come from. But that's not the God of mercy that I know. And I'm not going to blame God for the weather. And I'm not going to blame God for acts that happen on the earth. Are some of them God? I don't know. Maybe. Are they all God? Be very careful about that judgment issue. And instead, lean into a merciful God. We just can't seem to work this out anymore. Remember, God was merciful. He didn't say, uh, Let's line everybody up and see. You know, it's like that old Snickers commercial where the guy's trying to get in heaven. You know, and Peter says, It's about 10 or 15 years ago. They're at the pearly gate and Peter's there at the gate with the names and this, and the guys are all in line and the guy's he, standing there and he goes, Oh, uh, you're a piece of work that's how we think when in truth he, here's what mercy is I, I've already entered the kingdom oh man I'm, I'm in I'm an eternal being now you're, you're in You're in. Well, how does that help me with the calamities of life? I trust him. I'm in. I don't like bad things happening, but sin's still around and bad things happen. Have you noticed? Sin is still here. Sin didn't die. I died to sin. Sin's still very rampant, especially from what I read in the papers. But God was merciful in that he made a way of escape and to be released from the bondage of sin and death. Romans 8:2. He has set us free from the law of the sin and death and made us alive to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. How did he do that? By his mercy. That's wonderful. I just I, I want to encourage you. This we eat it all week long. <laughs> just keep eating. Just keep shoveling it in. Uh, I I challenge you to write down ten times in your life that you saw God be merciful to you. Just write. Just jot them down on a piece of paper. Maybe one a day. Just look at them. Maybe not ten. Pick the three biggies. <laughs> It, you know, it's, it's so much, I, I'm always careful about my testimony, but I, I wasn't, a, I, I was a victim. We have like a victim mentality when it comes to mercy, especially in America. Well, we all want a Savior who, a savior who forgives and is merciful to the victim. I was the perpetrator. I was the stinker that did bad things. I didn't deserve mercy and He was merciful to me. I didn't pursue Him. He came after me. That was God's mercy. It was His loving kindness. Let me pray for us. God, crown us with loving kindness. Crown us with mercy as you have. Let us see it. We don't believe it's there. Lord, let me walk in the, in the obligation of nobility. You've crowned me with heavenly things. You've crowned me with your mercy. Lord, it's hard, but I, I forgive every debt that's owed me right now through, through the area of relationships. I, I cancel those debts with mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Won't hold it against them anymore. You didn't hold a thing against me. You took it into yourself and died for it. Help me, help me to understand and personalize how merciful you are. Lord, for each of our hearts, would you whisper a sweet memory of how kind you were in the time we deserved it the least? And we want to say this morning, you're the God of all mercy. We want to agree with what the Scripture says. You're the God of all mercy. You are good. You are kind. You are sweet. You are open. You are honest. You are transparent. There is nothing but loving kindness in you towards our hearts Oh God, your loving kindness, we sing the song. Your loving kindness is better than life. You renewed me because you were merciful. You helped me because you were merciful. You saved me because you're merciful. And I want to say with the Scriptures, I want to say with my friends, I am the Beloved's and the Beloved is mine. I belong to Jesus through His mercy. And I lay claim to that this morning for each of us. In Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord, lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And His people said, Amen. Bless you.